Hello, friends. It's Kina. So last week, I forewarned you that there was a bit of a sound issue in the middle of the episode because the internet decided to just die. You know how that happens. Well, surprise, we recorded these at the same time. So there is the same issue. Natalie's portion of the beginning of this minisode is a little... It's, it leaves some to be desired, but we promise it is fixed. We've already recorded a next couple of episodes and they sound much better. So we promise this is the last time I'm going to, you know, interject here and warn you about the sound. So thank you for being patient. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now take it away. Theme song. my pod peeps and mini gabs and chatty cathies and whatnots and do digits and jingle jangles and whatever other little nicknames I can think of <laughs> in the next couple of seconds. Welcome to mini gabs. Mini gabs and there'll be many gabs. <laughs> I <feel> like that. <laughs> With my accent it's hard to tell. <laughs> mini and many. But let's get the ball rolling. Keena what you got for us today? All right. So we got a letter from Crystal G who sent us a video about the Old State House Museum in Little Rock, Arkansas, where both of us are kind of from. I mean, we're not from there, but like we're transplants to Little Rock. Promise. And yeah, kind of. So Rachel Whitaker speaks on her research about the outhouse (laughs) and then myths around it. And she said it was funny (laughs) because she said it reminded her of like our dick episodes with all the funny names. So. I was like, I'm intrigued. So here we go. Uh, brief history of lavatory language. <laughs> You're welcome. So some older terms for basically bathrooms is privy, which is cited in 1225 as the word for bathroom. Like this shit's old. The word itself comes from the old French privé, which translates to intimate, friendly or private place. <laughs> This cracked me up the entire thing. I'm so excited. These were outside and then chamber pots were used inside and often are used referred to as potty, which is what we use for tiny humans today. In case you ever wondered why we say potty. Chamber pots. Apparently I did. Like, this is something I needed to know that I didn't know I needed to know. I know. That was exactly, it's like, why would I want to research bathrooms? And then I was like, holy shit, I didn't know any of this, why we say these words. But, you know, more you know, rainbow. I've always been curious about where words come from, so I'm always happy when you do these little segments. Yeah, etymology is really cool. I'm really glad she emailed us. And then I emailed back, I'm like, are you from Arkansas? Because I was like, how do you know about the old stamps? But, um... (laughs) So in the 14th century, you had lavatories, which translated to vessels for washing, and then it changed to place for washing in 1656, and then by the 20th century, it just meant bathroom. By 1579, the euphemism Little House became popular to describe the room or building outside that had a toilet in it. Middle House. New word to (laughs) Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Terrible joke. Okay. By the early 18th century, sailors were using the head, and it referred to the latrine that was located in the bow or the head of the ship. I've always wondered why it was called going to the head. So, now I know. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. I mean, I've heard it a lot. More but, rainbows. Um, yeah. yeah, more rainbows. The John came later, around 1735. Some publications refer to this as a shortened version of Kajan, which is short for Cousin John. So, apparently it's not like Robin Hood Men in Tights for the end. He was like, because you're a dick, we're going to say all toilets are called Johns. That's apparently not what happened. Cousin John is possibly because cousin means familiarity. And then John possibly comes from a story where Sir John Harrington designed a flush toilet for his godmother, Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) There's a lot going on there. The online etymology (laughs) dictionary, though, says that John is simply an alteration of another toilet term called Jake. But then when you research what Jake means, it doesn't actually tell you what that means. It just says that it comes from the proper name. So apparently nobody knows where this whole Jake thing came from. Came from? Comes from? There we go. English. Got this. Moving on. (laughs) Water closet. Is from 1736, which Earth Closet is from 1863. And apparently, Earth Closet just means shitting on the ground and then covering it with the dirt like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's so classy. It it was like trying to make it all proper, and it was just like shitting in a hole and then covering it with dirt. That's an Earth Closet. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's what my dog does. (laughs) A dunny is slang for earth closet, which may come from the Australian convict term dunnikin or cesspit, which, fun fact, I found that they have just now published the first dictionary of Australian convict terms this year. (laughs) We have to do an Australian episode. I know. Well, like, Australia was basically where all the British dumped all their convicts, so I'm sure they got it. A lot of shit going on there. Donnaker could also be a term that is derived from the German phrase Donner and Blitzen, which means appropriately thunder and lightning. (laughs) 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 So, really gets to the point. (laughs) No, I got it. I got the fart jokes. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) The term bathroom actually popped up around 1780 as a place for for bathing and a polite way to refer to a lavatory in the 20th century in America, which apparently confused British travelers because they're like, what are you talking about? The term outhouse is exclusively American, which I did not realize, and it popped up in 1819. So being from Arkansas, like basically our entire image of hillbillies is based on this like hillbilly and outhouse, but it wasn't really a thing until 1819. Who knew? 1825, ladies room became a thing and it was a shortened version of ladies cloakroom. And then restroom arose in 1856 as a place for rest and relaxation, especially in a public building or workplace, which I think when I'm trying to be polite, that's what I say is restroom. I don't know what term. they restroom. Yeah. Women's room is from 1918. And then men's room actually came around in 1929. So I'm not quite sure why there was such a large distance between the two, but that's interesting. The term little boy's room and little girl's room are from the 1930s. The first citation of little girl's room is actually from a John O'Hara novel called Butterfield 8, where he says, the women's toilet, as distinguished from the ladies' room in a speakeasy, 
the Johnny at school in the little girl's room in a party and apartment and washed my hands on a train was cleaning up. So I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about and what that even means, but he mentioned a speakeasy, so I added it. Made no sense to me. <laughs> Sounds fair. Yeah. So the Brit term Lou is actually from 1922, and it's possibly a French term picked up by the British soldiers during World War One called Lou de Sciences, which translates to a place of ease. Others think it's a pun on Waterloo. So, <laughs> either way. <laughs> the term powder room shows up around 1920, which really surprised me because I assume powder room was associated with powdered wigs, you know? Like, way back. Shit. Oh, no. Yeah. I was thinking more makeup. Yeah, I was thinking powder wigs. But I, yeah, I, it's more I, makeup. I thought it's like the Roaring Twenties. No, you're right. It was definitely in the Roaring Twenties and the makeup. In the 1940s, honeypot showed up, which meant a makeshift toilet. And it apparently is not the maneuver that Archer uses <laughs> in the show Archer. <laughs> oh, I love that show. A commode comes from the French word for covenant. <laughs> Can is just short for piss can. And then finally, Kibbo is a scouting term for an outhouse and an acronym that stands for either keep your bowels open or keep your bowels operating. The more you know. So back to outhouse. So James Whitcomb Riley actually wrote an ode to the outhouse. And here's just a tiny little nugget. <laughs> when Grandpa had to go out back and make his morning call, We'd bundled up the dear old man in muffler and a shawl. I knew the hole in which he sat was padded all around, and once I dared to sit there, twas all too wide I found. My loins were all too little, and I jackknifed there to stay. They had to come and get me out, or I'd have passed away. Then father said ambition was a thing boys should shun, and I must use the children's hold till childhood's days were done. I thought that was funny. Anyway, stereotypes. The Arkansas hillbilly is pretty much well known. The no shoes, long beard, tall hat, smoking pipes, blah, 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 blah. But most of the pictures of a hillbilly, there's like an outhouse with like the little crescent moon, you know. Some places really embrace it. So Mountain View, which is kind of close to where I grew up, they have outhouse races. But then others like avoid it like the plague because it pretty much represents poverty. But this video that Crystal sent me really points out that outhouses aren't a sign of poverty in Arkansas, but are actually a symbol of progression, which I did not realize. So it's really, really, really cool. By 1860, and even in instances in the 1900s, there weren't any accounts of outhouses in Arkansas. So... There were outbreaks of diseases like cholera, typhoid, hookworms, and they were all caused by unsanitary conditions. So basically waste getting into water and food sources. And even by 1880, Little Rock had a major cholera outbreak to the point that all the ships that were coming up to Little Rock trying to dock couldn't dock because they were going to get infected. So they just had to kind of go up and down the river. I also didn't know. Hillbillies love their folk remedies, and she talks about a lot of it, but she's talking about how people are starting to realize that they called it night farming, where people would basically go out and, like, poop in their crops during, like, certain seasons to, like, fertilize. <laughs> and then they're realizing that when people did that, they were getting less sick. So we were like, huh, why are people getting less sick if they pooped out there, not here? And then, so the Rockefellers, which were, like, super rich fucking family, they created a foundation and they started investigating while all these disease outbreaks were happening. 
And they realized that they were happening because of sanitation. So basically they said what was going to happen is that they needed to have outhouses, vaccinations, and screenings. And that kind of came to the idea that all these Arkansans needed outhouses. And the outhouses actually led to a like a cure for all the diseases that were killing people. Who knew? And then the Great Depression hit, which like fucked people up. But then the New Deal happened. And the New Deal actually led to sanitation units. So outhouses were mass produced and they were available for purchase and loan. And then if you weren't able to afford them, they actually gave you the plans where you could build them yourself if you already had the materials. So that is what helped Arkansas get out of the rut we were in. Like, save people from cholera. (laughs) Who knew? I was blown (laughs) away. I had no idea that outhouses were a sign of progress and not lazy hillbillies. But, like, outhouses save lives. I'm just... So thank you, Crystal, because I had no idea. I never thought outhouses is what would save lots. Right. And then, like, the New Deal also created, like, the new planes that were, like, concrete so, like, snakes couldn't come in. And then they created, like, ventilation so that you could, like, breathe when you were in there. But, yeah, it's, it was wild. So I'm really, I'm really thankful she sent that because I would have never known that. Yay, a house. Outhouses. (laughs) 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 What do you got? Um, Well, real quick, I vaguely remember my dad having a, it it kind of like, you know, one of those dancing Santas that you walk and press the button and it'll dance Mm -hmm. or whatever. But it was an outhouse with Santa farting in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I haven't seen that in years, so I don't. Even know if he still has it or not, but yeah, that's what I remember when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just so you know, there's a lag. So sometimes I'm responding to something you said like four whole seconds before. Oh no! Yeah, I can see like my internet's weird. <sighs> oh, I'm just letting you know. So no, it's fine. I'm just letting you know so it's not like I'm interrupting you or anything. It's just mm. there's the lag. Goddamn technology! All right. So my thing is, of course, a TV show, because I was going to do an article, but I started watching the show Gargoyles, and it is so magical, I feel like I must share the world with it. So, in the 90s, there was a cartoon called Gargoyles, (laughs) and it is such a powerful TV show, and I hate that it only lasted three seasons, because there's actually death in the cartoon, which is sad, but also it happens in life. So I'm kind of glad that this cartoon is more real, but I'm sure parents were like, this is terrible. And so that might be one reason why I got canceled. So in the show, gargoyles were protectors of humans. They lived in a castle and they had partners with humans and they guarded it. And During the day, they turned to stone, and so the humans, in turn, would make sure that no one would crush them during the day. And then at night, they would help protect from invaders and whatnot. And the first episode, you learn this, and then they are betrayed. And where almost the whole clan gets wiped out, except for Mm -hmm. the very few that survive. And a spell is put on them to be stoned for like a thousand years, and they awake in New York City. That is the very beginning of the rundown. But 
what I think is the most interesting about it is that it's a really good story. Not mm-hmm. that everyone can enjoy, not just some cheesy anything. And each story has some sort of moral, subtle moral. So it's not cheesy and it's not like pushing it. But like the last episode I just watched talked about how some of the gargoyles don't know how to read. And by the end of the episode, with these little things sprinkled about, they learn that reading is important. And so then they start to learn how to read. (laughs) Also, the characters are really badass. The main gargoyle, Goliath, he is a super strong, manly man and tries to be a good leader, tries to be fair. And he also has love and romance. And I'm like, this is the perfect man that little boys should be learning from. <laughs> or the <laughs> world, you know, whoever, gender fluid. Yeah. Um, this is who we should be. Because he can say, you are my love and we are one and then go kick some ass. You know, he, he can play both sides here. It's all good. And then when he, they're in New York and they're in the future or the present, really, because that's most of the shows. New York City of the, of the 90s. The main person that helps them learn the new world, she is a badass detective. Again, shows strength and shows compassion, like you should, like you do, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And then she's also half black, half white. And they wow. don't, they actually, she just gets sick and she gets in the hospital. And you just see that her mom is black and then her father is white. And then her brother and her, like, she kind of actually looks like a mixture of the two. And then the her brother looks more more black. And it's just like, oh, apparently she's half and half. Like, that is awesome. And it's not, it's not a thing in the show, but it's there. And it's just really cool. And... There's other diversity stuff. Like It's just a really neat show. It's a good story and has all these little things that I think were a little bit ahead of its time. Wasn't that like no the idea. 90s, I think? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely 90s. I just don't know what specific year. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, really cool because you wouldn't think about that stuff being in the 90s. So progressive. No, I was watching Rugrats. Mother <laughs> shit. That's true. I was watching a lot of Rugrats. Yeah, Rugrats taught me everything I know about Jews, basically. My sister's like, how do you know that? I'm like, uh, Rugrats <laughs> taught me. <laughs> uh, 1994 to 1996. Okay. I remember it. I just don't think I've ever watched it. I remember it being a thing. You, I mean, you might have been maybe a little too old for it, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I think I was, let's see, 94. I was too young for it. I was like three, <laughs> and so I wasn't watching that quite yet. But I do remember it a little bit, and I wish I had appreciated it when they started showing the reruns. And I wish it lasted longer. But it is on Disney Plus. If anyone would like to watch it, I do recommend giving it a shot. Oh hell yeah! I got some Disney Plus now. I need to watch more stuff to make it worth my while. I'm not going to lie, I got it for well, luckily, the Mandalorian. <laughs> luckily, Mom and I, we got it for free because we are part of, we're Verizon. And if oh, you're Verizon, okay. you get a year free. Mm-hmm. So, 
That is the only way I have that is because it was free. <laughs> Yay, gargoyles! Are they like Paris? No, they are in Scotland. Oh. oh, okay. I think I always no, thought from the old just... Scottish castle. Okay. I think I always just assumed they were like Notre Dame gargoyles. I never, never no. watched it. I just assumed. <laughs> no, not quite like that. Oh. But. Ready for questions, Natalie? Say yes. Uh, hell yeah. Frankie D from Twitter asked, have you ever watched Man in the High Castle? No, I haven't. I need to. I think I watched the first episode, but I suck and I never finished it. I yeah, I haven't watched. It. I know he mentioned it before, and it is on my list, but yeah. it is a goal. So Frankie, please be patient with us. <laughs> I have multiple then, jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have multiple jobs, but I edit a lot of podcasts, so I don't watch a lot of TV because yeah, I get distracted. <laughs> it's fine. We yeah. also have ADD. That is a yeah. thing as well. <laughs> the only thing I've noticed that I can do is I listen to soundtracks from movies when I'm doing stuff because that doesn't distract me. So it's like Jurassic Park while I'm editing. Like, I get the music, but it's not enough to distract me. That's okay. how I wrote my thesis, too, was Game of Thrones, Jurassic Park, Star Wars, Harry Potter. Those were the soundtracks to me writing my thesis. So All good soundtracks, so that's fine. Yeah. yeah. I saw that Facebook time hop. And this is how delirious was, because I don't remember it, but I was like, I'm listening to Game of Thrones, and I'm writing my thesis. I'm going to slay this thesis like the motherfucking Queen of Dragons. And I was like... Oh, I remember that, actually. I was like, what was wrong with me? I was just... It was just me delirious, because I hadn't slept in a week, but, you know. Yay! Master's degree. Oh, this is something he said in one of his live tweets, because he live tweets all of our episodes. He was like, uh, hey, Kina, aren't there several places that claim to be the site of La Llorona? Yeah, but I only live by one, so I'm only going to mention that one. <laughs> the one that matters, I guess. <laughs> well, I know. I was so upset because that movie came out, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be in Texas. And it was like California. I was like, god damn it. That's because but, almost everything's in California. Uh, I know. I know there's <laughs> a lot, but that's the only one I know about. Well, I know about a few, but that's the only one that I drive by all the time, so that's the one I'm going to mention always. Okay. That I am aware that there are others. I just refuse to talk about them and then this is oh, jesus christ so kina why are your siblings so awesome i bet you can guess who wrote that those were my sisters uh follow-up question why did your sisters put feet on you <laughs> it's true no i actually do have pretty great sisters but they don't listen to this so they won't know that so <laughs> <laughs> jokes on them <laughs> <laughs> they'll never know i complimented them Okay, next one. What's your least favorite place you've ever been? <laughs> I don't really have one. Um, I can tell you where I won't go, and that's like a butcher place. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, jeez, um, somewhere where really it's not difficult. air conditioning. Yeah, I'm trying to think like a place place I've been. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I know I've been at places where I've been miserable either because it was so boring or because it was super hot and I'm just sweating and just miserable. But nothing where, like. Yeah. Huh. All right. Listen, I do not regret where I grew up, but the actual town I grew up has 400 people in it. And there's nothing to fucking do. So that's probably my least favorite place because I literally had 
Nobody. 416 people, including me, probably. That's, no, <laughs> nobody should ever grow up in a town that small. <laughs> I loved my house. I loved my childhood growing up there, you know, but now that we don't have that house and nobody lives in that fucking town, 400 people, I'll say that one. No offense to my in Salesville, Arkansas. I think okay, I know one no. person there. But, <laughs> but whatever. But yeah, it's just there's nothing to do there. I mean, I guess technically the fish hatchery's there. Technically. But um, that's also like funny story. So this guy, it's not a funny story. He's a uh, level four sex offender. And uh, he was pissed off because that town put a big billboard up with his picture on it. Being like, this fucking guy lives over here. But he lived by a park. Like the exact distance he could be away from a park. And it's a tourist town because the lake and everything. So they put his billboard up for anybody coming into there to fish, being like, look out for this guy. So in retaliation, he put up Nazi flags everywhere to be like, fuck you, town. So that's also why I don't like that town, because I had to drive by a Nazi flag every goddamn day. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's too funny. That guy sucks. And when I took Zeke to like, you know, mountain home and like show him, I drove by the house I grew up in and be like, this is where I grew up because I love that house. And it's really sad that we don't live there anymore, but it was just too big for my mom to take care of. But uh, he was like, why is there a fucking posse flag? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I have to explain that to everybody. I show the house. So yeah, there you go. Salesville, fuck off. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That'll be mine. I love Norfolk. It has that old house, the wolf house. I talked about on one of our episodes. I loved it. That's where I went to school. Which, high five Norfolk. Also, they scored so high on all their tests, which we always have because we're smart. We're geniuses. But uh, there's only a small school in that area that hasn't been consolidated. And now they're down to four-day school week. So they're first ones in Arkansas to do that. That's really neat. I think you mentioned that last week. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty proud of them. All right, last question. What is the first CD slash album you ever bought? Uh, Good Charlotte. God, this uh, is going to make me sound so old. Mine was Britney Spears. <laughs> Baby hit me Of course time. it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm or sure most people don't even know who Good Charlotte was. I love Good Charlotte. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember I was that like, being, like, the first CD I actively bought. And I think the next one was Spice Girls. It was One of them was first, but I think it was Britney Spears because I was really excited. Was. That's so awesome. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. At least it was, like, when Britney was big and good, though. Oh, hell yeah. The first CD. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess if I was, like, uh, who I really liked in that kind of genre was, like, No Doubt. I loved No Doubt. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, I really uh, like this too. I think they were more. They were later. early 90s, I think. Uh, I don't know. My sister, luckily, she doesn't listen to this, so she won't hear my compliment. But she had amazing taste in music. And since she's older than me, I grew up with like Nirvana and No Doubt. Yeah. And, you know, I, love the Nirvana. Great, I mean, just all these like amazing garbage, uh, whole, like the great music. So I got a lot of that from her. But I think when I was a teenager, I was like, ooh, Britney Spears, Spice Girls. And I remember going to, like, 
sleepovers and pretending we're the Spice Girls and singing in hairbrushes because I was that person. So I, I have done that. I remember some people <laughs> did karaoke like at a sleepover. I was like eight or nine or something. And yeah, I remember that coming on. But yeah, Good Charlotte was the first CD I I bought and I loved. I listened to everything. I don't remember which, I don't remember what CD it was specifically. Mm -hmm. But it was, yeah, it was one of their CDs. So it was Good Charlotte. I also remember the days where you'd listen to a song on the radio and you'd have to wait for it to come on to record it on a cassette tape. So I used to just wait for like good songs to come on so I could record (laughs) it. (sighs) <sighs> you guys don't you weren't living if that was your job because <laughs> there's nowhere else to record stuff so you just wait patiently yeah uh, i've seen that in movies <laughs> yeah it was a good time good time oh i lied there's one more if you went back to school what would it be for i don't know <laughs> i'm never going back <laughs> um yeah i'm pretty much done i think that I toyed with the idea of getting a doctorate, but only if I could get one in public history and they don't really exist here. But I think if I was to go back to school for like a class, maybe some more art classes. I've only taken, I mean, I took them all in high school and then I took like four college classes in art, but I'm not very trained in art. So maybe I would do a few more. I've never learned how to do oil painting. I suck at watercolor. So maybe those. I I love it. I just, not very good at it. <laughs> um, yeah, my thing is I don't have a specific thing I'd want to study. I'd, I'd want to dabble. Mm-hmm. Um, like my degree is in graphic design. And granted, and it is actually only in associates. So I really considered getting a bachelor's mm-hmm. in it. But every time I did, the art department people are assholes because art is so opinionated. And so in their minds, I was never good enough or, um, and I'm like, even though I took all of these basic art classes and I put all these hours of work, they would look at what I've done and they said, yeah, you're going to have to retake all these classes. I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to pay for that. If you want me to retake (laughs) all the classes. Yeah. People suck. I had one professor that kind of saw what I was doing because no matter what I do, it kind of comes off a little cartoonish. And I don't know why, it's just how my art is. But he'd be like, I see what you're doing. It's just, he called it organized chaos. Like, I like a lot of loose lines. I just, really fast work, but it's you can still tell what shit is. And then I took uh, drawing, too, that's live, human, naked people. And that professor was so hard on me. Because he's like, this doesn't look realistic. And I'm like, that's not my style. I don't know how to do it. I would try so hard. And he was just. Like, no, this isn't what I want. I want you to draw like me. And I'm like, not everybody can draw like you. Yeah. It was rough. But, you know, I like the professors that get it, you know. Yeah. You know, the the people I had teaching, um, I went to Pulaski Tech in North Aurora, and they have excellent art teachers. Oh, they do, yeah. Yeah. I I love them. They were very supportive. They will work with you, and they will do one-on-one with you. Like they will tell you they, they were perfect. I have no issues with any of the art teachers at Pulaski tech. It was only when I wanted to try to get my bachelor's degree at other locations that they were like, yeah, they, they looked down at the tech school. They were like, you mm-hmm. went there. 
And then they would look at some of my portfolio and they're like, yeah, you're going to have to retake it. I'm like, just because I might not be as good a quality as what you're wanting to be does not mean I did not learn the basics. Does mm-hmm. not mean I don't know the vocabulary. Yeah. Um, it's like my, my drawing is not natural. Like it is only because of the classes and the great art teachers I had in the hours mm-hmm. of practice. Yeah. Every day I practice, every day I learn a little bit more. It's not natural. It's work. And to go to school and you're paying thousands of dollars to go to school and then just to tell you that you're not very good. I don't want to do that. I know. I have so much respect for my sister, Eliza. She went to Columbia in Chicago and her art style is kind of, you know, animated cartoonish. Or comic and, book. It's excellent. Yeah. Comic book. It's amazing. And I just, all I can think is I know my experience of, professors being dicks to me being like that's never gonna work so she must have dealt with it a lot she really persevered and got that degree but jesus i can't imagine what it was like because they just do not like that although graphics and cartoon animation those are what's hot right now that's how you get jobs so i don't understand schools frowning upon that being like oh no you need to do something else that's what i love about the tech Pulaski mm-hmm. Tech folks, they supported that. If you said mm-hmm. your goal was to go into there, then they would actually give you tips to how to do that. Mm-hmm. How yeah. to get better in that way. Yeah. Like, yes. And if your goal was more, then, and then they're like, okay, but you need to know how to do realistic. So they were like, this is how you should be looking for. Yeah. But if this is your goal to go cartoonish, like they would try to balance it all out. It was just very mm-hmm. nice, very supportive. It was awesome. Yeah. I had a good time with the drawing from live. It was, because I've never done it before. I've never known how to draw people. So I had a lot of fun. Although it was super awkward. And here is my bitching for the day. Another <laughs> one. I've done it a lot. Anyway. So they had no problem with throwing a female up there. Naked. Like all year long. We had this woman. She was naked all the time. Doing squats and shit. And lunging. And throwing her hoo-ha on her faces. That was fine. But the one time they had a male model. They wouldn't let them be naked. It's what? not that I want to see a dick. It's just the fact that a woman can be completely naked. Nobody bats an eye, but they would not let the man be naked. And I was like, huh. especially because if you're thinking classical art, most of that was men. And I was like, that's how they taught art. Like fine art was naked men. I was like, it, to anybody that's never drawn naked people, you don't even see the naked people. You see shapes. So you, you really don't even do. notice they're naked. It's it's. I remember I had a psych class after I took that one, and they'd be like, "What was the naked person like today?" It's just a bunch of sh- squares and circles. Circles. Yeah. Triangles. Yeah, you don't even notice. But yeah, I was really pissed off, and they were like, "Oh, it's something because he's from UCA or blah blah blah." Because they would, the school I went to would trade naked people <laughs> from the <laughs> other schools so that they wouldn't you wouldn't know them or something but i was like no nah, this is some sexist bullshit because our teacher would have her dudes like weird shit like squatting and like weird stuff it was just i didn't enjoy that but <laughs> i learned a lot but i was still kind of like my feminist like bullshit men should be uh, naked too <laughs> i no, i thought about that in movies i'm like why are we seeing everything of the girl but none of the guy mm-hmm. I've, I've thought about it several times in the movies i'm like it's not like that's a goal I don't really need to see either, but why? Okay. Let's see both though. I think but, Game of Thrones was the first show that I saw where there was just as much dick as there was boobs. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, it's all uncomfortable, but yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, that's my rant for the art. I, I mean, that's just my alma mater, which they're constantly doing shit that pisses me off. So. Well, I, I, like, I like how they did that. 
at Pulaski Tech, the I think they had a girl scheduled, but she had to cancel or her work schedule didn't work with our class. So we rotated between two men. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we got we got everything. We got the full picture. Yeah. And it was interesting. We had one young man that was probably about 30 and he he was like a mannequin. He was skinny, but not super muscled. Like he was just sort of average. Mm. And like so not super muscled, skinny, and he had a shaved head. So very mannequin-esque. <laughs> but then we had Skip. Skip was this older man, probably in his 50s or 60s. He had a beer gut, and he had, like, this <laughs> wicked this wicked scar on his stomach. He had um, scraggly white hair, like, kind of like Jon Snow, since we're talking about Game of Thrones. Like, mm-hmm. that kind of curly white hair um, and a long Santa beard. And... And it's funny, like, even though, yes, that is a man in his late 50s, I would actually rather have drawn him than the young guy because he's yeah. just so interesting to look mm-hmm. at and all the details and whatnot. It's really fun to draw. Yeah, we had the same woman the entire semester except for that one day with the guy, but she had dreads and piercings everywhere and tattoos. And Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was really fun to look at. I have a few pictures, I think, on my website that I put up of her doing, like, a reclining nude and stuff, which I found really fun. Like, finding proportions. Humans are weirdly proportionate. It's, it's really fun. Yeah. Anyway. We're going to end this episode on naked people. Nudes. <laughs> Nudes. <laughs> All right, guys. You know the drill. If you want to help support us and keep this podcast going, we have some stuff you can do. You know, share the podcast. You can follow us on social media. That's at Historical AF Pod. And, you know, just like our post, share our post, tell everybody you know, scream it from the rooftops, tell a stranger. We don't care. (laughs) Just the more people that listen, you know, the longer we get to do this. And we're really enjoying doing this. If you would like to support us on Patreon and get a lot of dope ass content, that's www.patreon.com slash historical AF pod. We have extra episodes, which I'm about to record now. Last month was the most famous painting in the world, and this month is going to be the most controversial painting in the world, so I am pumped. We also have drunk dives, deleted scenes, bloopers, upper tiers get postcards, we get to pick stories and the random word and get merch. So, so much stuff on Patreon. Definitely go check that out. Finally, please send us your stories. We don't mind how long they are. We love it. And, you know, doesn't matter how short they are. Just let us know. If there's just a cool link from your hometown you want to send us, send those too. We love those. And that's historicalafpod at gmail.com. So thanks for listening. And we'll see y'all Sunday with our next episode, part two holidays. Unless you're a Patreon member, we'll see you sooner. All right, guys. Bye.